Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bike Radar podcast. My name is Simon Bromley and today I'm joined by two of our finest writers, Jack Luke and Matthew Loveridge. Today we're going to talk about gravel riding for roadies. Specifically, how to get into gravel riding if you're a roadie looking for something different this winter or just generally looking for a change. Good morning, chaps. How are we doing, Jack? Very well, thank you. I'm really pleased that you've, you know, made the switch recently yourself, Simon. I've really enjoyed taking you around the the world of fashion and uh, technique in terms of gravel. So I'm looking forward to hearing how you've got on. Good. Matthew, you all right this morning? I'm uh, very happy enjoying being cosy in my office in Drizzly, Gloucestershire. <laughs> Excellent. So let's get straight into it. Why should a road cyclist consider gravel? Mm, because it's a lot more fun. I think that really at the end of the day is what it boils down to for me. It's a more relaxed atmosphere. It's less stressful than riding on the roads. It's a more entertaining and engaging experience overall. The culture that surrounds it is just less fraught with tradition, we'll say, uh, and looks great on Instagram, as I say every time. I'd second that completely. I think this isn't going to be an excuse to just dump on road cycling because we all ride road bikes. We love road bikes. There's nothing like the uh, the kiss of a supple tyre on smooth tarmac. <laughs> but opening opening and expanding your riding vistas to include gravel means you can ride in new places. It means, like Jack says, you can get away from the stress of the roads. Uh, and it's just a delightful way to kind of extend your road riding and because the bikes 
resemble road bikes it, it is quite a natural progression i think for a roadie so is that the kind of reason you think a roadie should say consider gravel riding over mountain biking you know if i was to get into mountain biking which i don't do i presumably i'd require a lot of skills that i don't really have whereas for gravel riding you know i have very limited experience so far but it has been you know relatively easy yeah the transition from mabruden to, to gravel is less uh, fraught with peril but I think for mountain biking, you can have a ton of fun, even if you're an absolute beginner, but the consequences of getting it wrong are, you know, of course, higher than um, falling off on gravel, for example. Um, but also you can make the transition much more easily from uh, road to gravel in terms of kit as well. And realistically, many modern road bikes that Matthew would perhaps dub as gravel adjacent is one of his favourite phrases of the minute, could quite easily be turned to the task um, from the very off and in terms of a barrier to entry that's that's far lower than going out and buying or hiring mountain bikes um also you know I, I one of the things i really don't enjoy about mountain biking and i should stress that i cut my teeth mountain biking is really all i did for a very very long time um is the faff at either end you know driving to trail centers or even dri- you know riding from the center of bristol out to some admittedly very good trails you know, on a gravel bike, really, in a few minutes, I could be on some nice bridleways just outside of Bristol. And at either end, I don't have the faff of cleaning quite as much kit or having to drive to or from somewhere. Okay, so and you raised a kind of, you know, interesting point there about, um, you know, main, some people, if they've kind of got a modern road bike, might just be able to adapt that into use. And I was, you know, kind of one of the main questions I would ask myself is kind of what kind of kit do I need? Can I use my road bike? you know, if I just maybe swap the tyres or, you know, is that is that realistically an option for UK gravel riding? I'd say yes, maybe. Um, tyres are a really, like, defining feature of a bike when it comes to gravel, uh, but it also depends what you're talking about in terms of gravel because if your gravel riding consists of essentially, like, summery conditions in the UK where it's relatively dry and if you're riding on surfaces that are reasonably solid and not rocky so if you're talking about like packed dirt on a fire trail uh, maybe with a scattering of fine gravel rather than like heavy duty rocky stuff where you'd be better off on a mountain bike then absolutely a road bike on surprisingly narrow tires can work as little as a 28 millimeter bigger is definitely better i would ideally have at least a 32 millimeter tire preferably even bigger than that if you want to get a little bit gnarlier but you'd be amazed what you can get away with. Um, The great thing about new road bikes, those with disc brakes, is that tyre clearance is usually a lot more generous than it used to be. So we're seeing even race bikes now that take a 32mm tyre and endurance bikes go even bigger. So it's definitely a possibility, but it does depend what your starting point is. If you've got a traditional road bike that maxes out with like a 25mm tyre, you're probably not going to find it that comfortable on gravel. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's about comfort rather than capability. Like I've taken cheeky gravel diversions, obviously on, on 25 mil tires, but even like Matthew says, 28s will get you by. It's funny how our perceptions change over time though, where for years and years and years, I rode on 32s on an old Genesis Crew Affair on all sorts of ridiculous nonsense. And I never batted an eyelid thinking, oh, if only I had 40s. But now I, I find myself... Uh, you know, unable, unable to proceed unless I'm on squashy, tubeless 40s. So uh, I think we're perhaps living in a bit of a bubble 
But really, the majority of modern road bikes, you'll be able to at least make work to see if you like it. Dip your toes in the muddy waters. <laughs> you mentioned tubeless there, Jack. That is actually a really key thing. Like with tubeless, you can get away with a much smaller, skinnier tire than you would otherwise because it means you can run a low pressure without puncturing. So if you were going to make one change to make dabbling in gravel viable on your road bike going tubeless might be that change yeah i think it's interesting so from my kind of limited experience you know jack and i and jack's baby brother went on a very big very long ride recently and part of that ride included the foss way which is a kind of a, a very long straight bridle way um and I'd been I'd been asking Jack in the you know the kind of days before this ride like because I'd looked at the the route on Commute which is a, a a great little kind of online route making app and you know it's mostly on tarmac so I said oh I'd quite like to ride my TCR because you know the TCR setup with lovely narrow handlebars it's much more efficient you know blah 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 but you now in the end <laughs> I was glad I didn't because the Foss Way was rather than kind of being gravelly actually it was it was very very muddy you know and it's almost kind of you know, what I would have seen as cyclocross territory. Now, the TCR would have been great for the vast majority, but then I would have had to walk a lot of the Foss Way. And I think, so the mud aspect, you know, as you said, Matthew, if you were riding in the summer, that trail probably would have been fine on the TCR. But in October, when it's muddy, I would have been out of my depth. I'm, I'm laughing because you mentioned efficiency, which is so against the spirit of, <laughs> of the, uh, the gravel scene, but also... I should add that we did roughly 100 miles. Cole and I did it up to 100. And I think our average pace for the day was something like 18 kilometres an hour because he's not a cyclist. So <laughs> efficiency really shouldn't have mattered in this case. But this, say, for your TCR, what, what will that take as a maximum tyre? 32. I mean, really, realistically, if you weren't, you know, rattling along at too ridiculous a pace, I think a sturdier 30 mil tire would certainly get you through that it wouldn't be the most comfortable way to do it you're not going to wreck the bike or yourself as long as you're being sensible and if you want to to give it a little taster i'd say go for it if you're listening you have a similar bike you're not gonna do yourself any harm but yeah obviously a gravel bike with its slightly more relaxed geometry bigger clearances is going to be better but i mean look at what they ride in the cobbled classics on aero bikes for example um <laughs> yeah I do think this discussion about tyres, it kind of goes to the heart of um, a bit of a problem we have talking about gravel because gravel is so many different things to different people. The uh, the gravel kind of, the bike industry view of gravel is very, very heavily influenced by a sort of American model, which is endless dirt roads, great expanses. Whereas gravel in the UK for a lot of people, if they even have access to gravel, tends to be kind of more close to mountain biking it can be a lot muddier and often it's more like single track and grottier trails and it it's quite hard to generalize i think because there are lots of part of parts of the uk where you you can't ride like actual gravel as in small stones but there's lots of like bridleways around or forestry roads and so yeah there's no like one size fits all solution you do have to look at what your local riding consists of to make sense of it yeah and i think that's a really interesting point to kind of jump on to you know say if we're talking to a person now who's 
you know, like a roadie who's maybe thinking about their winter road riding and they you know we've kind of talked before about the kind of demise of the classic winter road bike and and how we think that actually kind of gravel bikes might be filling that niche here so if we were going to be you know so it's, you know look we we hear a lot that road bikes will look the same now but that's there's a lot more diversity within gravel bikes ones that are much more like mountain bikes with kind of slack geometry and all of that stuff and but there are ones that are also quite road like in their geometry if 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 you were you know telling a roadie which kind of gravel style of gravel bike to buy where should they start looking I think I would go to Bike Radar's comprehensive list of the best gravel bikes uh, as reviewed by our expert independent testers. That's certainly where I'd recommend you start. <laughs> Jack is such a company man. Um, it, I think you should look at what type of riding you're going to do because for a lot of people, gravel riding still involves a significant element of tarmac riding and that's going to, if not influence your bike choice, at least influence your tyre choice quite heavily. So you might opt for something that's a bit skinnier and faster on the road but less capable off-road if you know that you're going to do like 80% tarmac as you ride between different areas of gravel whereas you could go like full drop by a mountain bike with fat 650b tires uh, there, there isn't really any one-size-fits-all solution i would always urge people who are kind of dithering between models to and if they are this is the caveat if you already own a road bike to look at the the thing which is going to give you the most versatility in the long run, because realistically, you're never going to regret buying something which can do more. And, you know, gravel bikes can span the spectrum from, as we say, a super go fast, uncompromising race machine to essentially, you know, a world tour with, you know, very generous tire clearances and buying something which is festooned with mounts. It uh, isn't going to affect your riding experience day to day, but if you decide you want to go touring, then fantastic, you've bought into that. I think that's a really good point. And also, if you buy the gnarliest gravel bike you can think of, you can always put skinny tires on. You can't necessarily, you can't go wider than your max tire clearance, but there's no like minimum as long as you're not putting a tire on that's so narrow it won't work on your rims. That's a really good point. And so, and then beyond that, what about kind of the, the clothing and the shoes and pedals and things like that you know i know jack has been known to gravel in dabble in gravel riding on road shoes but if you've got a nice pair of carbon disco slippers you know maybe you might ruin them so do you need different pedals uh well i mean if you're not fussed about ruining them like i am then it's not <laughs> a problem <laughs> yes I, i've occasionally used road pedals for gravel days more when it is kind of predominantly tarmac and i just for whatever reason, preferred the shoes I had at the time. Laziness. Um, well, no, that, one of them was quite a... Quite a <laughs> one of them was a really, you know, a decision I came upon rather than just laziness. I did a big coast-to-coast thing last year with former colleague Joe, and, and I used road pedals for that, and I survived, and I had a significant portion of gravel. So, again, if you want to, to dabble in it, by all means. But the problem, the limiting factor with road pedals is, is mud, as soon as you get the smallest amount of mud in there, they're a complete nightmare to clip into, certainly on Shimano pedals. So your dual-sided SPD-style pedals are definitely preferable. And, and to be honest, you, you don't need to spend a massive amount of money to get a really, really good pedaling shoe set up. Um, even the very cheapest Shimano double-sided SPDs are, you know, apart from weight, they're almost identical to the top-end ones. So, Do we have buyers guides for those, Jack? Yeah, I think we do, actually, on BikeRadar.com, the world's leading multidiscipline bicycle reviews website. I highly recommend it. (laughs) 
pedal pedals aside, you can realistically use virtually all of your road kit. I think the only thing that I hesitate to use from the roadside is, for example, I've got uh, one of those shake dry style jackets. I've got the Castelli version of it. And that's like a great garment that works brilliantly in a range of conditions. But it's so expensive that I knew that if I fell off gravel riding while wearing that, I would be absolutely just gutted. So broadly speaking, wear your road kit. I'm cringing listening to you say that because I wear mine all the time in gravel. I've got the, the Rafa one. I mean, it says more about me. As it just a really very to the point uh, note on those jackets. If you're ever considering wearing them with a backpack, which perhaps you may want to with a, a gravel rider, where you're taking more Instagram accessories. Do not. Uh, those ultra lightweight jackets do not play nicely with kind of wet, grimy conditions. And, you know, I'd say things like, Maybe some of my bib shorts I've managed to wreck a little bit faster doing big, massive, long gravelly days. But really, as Matthew says, you're not going to come a cropper by using your road kit on gravel. It is, after all, just an unpaved road. <laughs> I'm going to say, if you do want to wear baggies while gravel riding, you're allowed to do that too. That's absolutely fine. Some people, when they're doing kind of mucky riding, feel more comfortable wearing baggies. And the gravel riding being a uh, an inclusive activity... Do what you like. Well, that's a that's a very good segue in your sense. You say gravel is a very inclusive activity and the kind of the philosophies behind the kind of gravel community seem to be quite different to that of the road community. And like we say, I don't want to dunk on the road community because I'm part yeah, of it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm part of it. And, um, you know, I've, I've been racing a long time and I take myself far too seriously. And But I think gravel seems to have a kind of, obviously there are there is gravel racing but it hasn't been kind of taken over by that kind of seriousness you know i haven't heard of too many gravel cyclists hiring a coach for example so what's the difference you know if if i'm already getting into cy- into gravel cycling should i be bringing my power meter should i be bringing my heart rate should i be bringing my competitive edge or <laughs> should i be bringing something else I think the beauty of gravel riding is that it's a young enough discipline that you can do what you want. If you want to take it very, very seriously and buy aero kit and use a power meter and all that, you can do that. I mean, nobody's stopping you. But equally, if you just want to chill out, take a very relaxed approach to it, um, wear very casual kit, ride casually, don't worry about your heart rate, that is an equally valid approach. Instantly, I know that somebody will get in touch and say, we've been doing gravel riding for years. It's not a new thing. We know that, but I'm talking about like the new wave of gravel riding. Yeah, I, I had my hand up politely there waiting to say to Matthew, oh, but just a caveat, you know, we do know the Rough Stuff Fellowship exists and uh, before somebody uh, tells us that we're all stupid millennials that don't know which side our bread's buttered on. Um, but I think, you know, it'd be obtuse to pretend that the the industry as a whole hasn't cottoned on to this and surprise, surprise, so is the public because it's fun. And uh, there is no doubt that it is. Well, in fact, I can tell you that for many brands, gravel riding is now by far their biggest category. I think specialised when the Diverge launched the last generation one. They said that they fully expect that'll be their biggest selling bike, far outstripping the tarmac and everything else, um, because it's what people want to do. And and I think people are buying into this philosophy of, well, it's just more fun. 
Makes for good Instagram content too, I've heard. Mm, that's why I do it. <laughs> and But you are allowed to go on a gravel ride and not take pictures of it. <laughs> Only if you're a psychopath. Has it ever been done? <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> If for those who cannot bear to go without competition, you know, are there gravel Strava segments? Oh, of course. I, I, I make it my life's mission to steal all of the KOMs my colleagues have taken on gravel <laughs> segments locally because it's the only place I can be competitive. Um, and it's very good fun. And also, like, you know, to be in all seriousness, things like KOMs on gravel segments, one, they're slightly less competitive because there is a newer discipline and less people have been spicing them up for years and years but also you know racing on open roads is can be quite a foolish thing if you're really going hell for leather on a kom and doing it on gravel segments is far less stressful in terms of there's a lack of traffic the risks are much lower i, I just think it's a more fun place to be competitive and less anti-social one might say if you really want to be a, a daily mail commenter <laughs> other newspapers do exist yeah but yeah okay all right well i think you know that that's all really useful advice like i think for someone like me who's kind of just getting into it there's you know you know just like road cycling there there are so many options and so many things to consider i think jack's point about you know going for a bike that you know coming from me who's a kind of full bongo time trial bike racer so you know i think I would always look at, you know, something like the free T Exploro and think, oh, I want a gravel race bike. But I think, you know, you're probably right that that's probably not the best thing to start out with, right? Well, you've been riding that Genesis Crude Affair for a couple of weeks now. And have you once been riding it and thought, oh, I wish it didn't have those rack mounts? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, there, I, there have been times when I've looked down and thought, oh, wouldn't this be really cool if it had aero wheels? But like you say, the vast majority of the time it, it hasn't made a shred of difference and actually those extra mounts have been very nice for carrying tools and you know i've ridden with a handlebar bag which is you know pains me as a very you know aero conscious man riding with a big handlebar bag has been very difficult but it has been nice to be able to carry extra sandwiches <laughs> what's your favorite gravel sandwich simon oh i mean they've been pretty basic i just had when we did this big ride at the weekend i just had jam <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. You, I mean, you had you had your kind of avocado and hummus, didn't you? But then you are you are <laughs> slightly younger than me, so you're much more millennial. <laughs> yes, I like to take a Belgian bun as well in my uh, pannier bags to make sure I ride better on the cobbles. Cool. Well, I think that's probably all we've got time for. Thank you very much, Jack and Matthew, for joining me on this edition of the Bike Radar Podcast. And as always, please don't forget to. Give us a like, subscribe, leave a comment on the article on bikeradar.com if you found us. We love your feedback and appreciate all of your praise. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.